You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope that you're glad that you did. Today, I'm going to read some from Luke chapter 8. I just want to kind of read around the sermon. So we read in Luke chapter 7, we finished chapter 7 Sunday morning in our worship service together. We talked about generosity, and I'd like to continue to talk about generosity, but it turns out that a little subtle comment in three verses that set up Luke's narrative sort of helped really to serve the point that we were talking about Sunday. And the point is that salvation, faith, an internal change by Jesus can be shown through a change in our generosity, a change in our relationship with our resources. In other words, John the Baptist stood in the Jordan River baptizing, and he told the crowds to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And only Luke went on to describe those fruits that are in keeping with repentance as including being content with our pay, not extorting money, sharing with those in need. And so it turns out that Luke gives us lots of examples of what that fruit of repentance looks like. Bottom line, as you and I are changed by Jesus, our relationship with worldly resources begins to change. And here is the example. Are you ready? So I'm going to read Luke chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. This is exactly the kind of passage that we sort of read over when we're doing our devotions in the morning because it doesn't just jump off the page. It's got information, but it doesn't seem to have you know that devotional content that we're sometimes looking for. So for some of you, this may be the first time you've interacted with these passages, but for many of you, it's not. Let's read. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Okay, a couple of observations about the passage. First of all, Luke gives you a clear summary of what the ministry of Jesus looked like. Town to town, village to village, proclaiming the good news. So that is Luke's summary statement about what Jesus was always doing up around Galilee. When he would go in and heal and raise the dead or care for the poor, he was preaching, proclaiming, declaring the good news of God. Okay, so Jesus and the twelve are carrying out their ministry. But Luke tells you in verse 2, that there were also some women who were traveling around. Not just any women, but women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. He gave you one example, Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. And we'd love to know more about her backstory, besides the fact that she is from likely the town of Magdala, and that she had demons exercised from her, and other little bits of information we can gather. We know that she was healed by Jesus. We don't know about the interaction that Jesus had with Joanna. Now, what we do know about Joanna is that she's the wife of this person named Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. So she would have likely been a wealthy person because she's married to the person who manages Herod's household. That's a pretty big deal. Susanna, we know very little about Susanna, almost nothing. And according to Luke, several other ladies. 
So what, we, what we're told about these ladies in verse 2 is that these ladies had been cured of evil spirits or diseases. They were firsthand recipients of the ministry of Jesus when he went into these villages and towns. In other words, as we would understand it, they met Jesus and were changed. In the way we experience it, they were saved. They found Christ as Messiah and they were healed. And not only were they healed physically, but no doubt they were healed spiritually. As they placed their saving faith in Christ, they were healed. But that's not where it stopped. In verse 3, it says that these women and many others were helping support Jesus and the Twelve out of their own means. In other words, these ladies, in this sort of small comment, are fulfilling exactly what John the Baptist talked about in Luke chapter 3. They are bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. And the sign of their deliverance from the diseases, their sign of their allegiance to Jesus, is that they are financially supporting his ministry with their means. And I just think this is amazing. It's a small little passage. It's, it's recognizing women who are influential in the ministry of Jesus, who were right there with the men, and who were helping make sure that these things could happen. But for them, their generosity was an overflow of their healing. And really, that's what I want for us as a church. I'm not asking us just to you know, allocate more money from our monthly budget towards the church or towards kingdom of heaven type enterprises or generosity. I'm not just asking us to make a category in our budget and try to have better habits. I really want us to be changed on the inside, sort of like what Jesus said to that Pharisee, you know, that inside they were full of wickedness and greed, but if they would do this one thing, if they would, you know, begin to share and be generous towards the poor, then the inside would be clean. What I really want is a clean inside, like a clean cup. I really want generosity to overflow from life change. Like I want us to have an experience with Jesus that changes us. And and then I want I want our material possessions and our time and, and our access to our hospitality. I want the generosity with those things to just be an overflow of something that happened with Christ, not something that you have to force or coach, but I want us to be changed from the inside out. And sure, for a lot of us, that will result in great management and discipline practices as we begin to steward our resources better, manage our resources better so that we can be more generous, so that we can make sure that we have money to bless the poor or care for those in need or to use however God tells us to allocate to for our tithes or our offerings or just to carry out a million small ministries that God might call us into. Yes, we might manage our funds better so that we can have more access to our resources to share. 100%. I'm not saying that this won't require discipline, organization, or management. I'm just saying that I don't want this to be born from an obligation for religious deeds. I want our generosity be, to be born by our encounter from Jesus, a natural overflow of our redemption, just like I want everything else in our Christian walk to come from that same place. I want the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out with our money as well as with our words and our love for our neighbor and our worship. I just want this to be an authentic overflow of what Jesus is doing and has done in our lives. And for a lot of us, we've never considered that our financial resources, that our capital, that these things could be something God might use. That's always been sort of off limits. But for these women, it wasn't. They knew what it was like when they were plagued in their old life by infirmities, diseases, or even demon possession. Now that they've been set free, they were glad to follow Jesus, and their life overflowed with gratitude, just like the woman that we preached about on Sunday, just like Zacchaeus in chapter 19. 
All of these are bearing fruit in keeping with repentance, not because they had to, but as a sign of their legitimate transformation. So, church family, I want to ask that each one of us would just let God have his way with us. When we were saved, we put Christ in control of our life. We yielded our will to his. So, let's make sure that he is in charge of every area of our life. And I'll bet you'll find along the way that you'll be set free more and more as you continue to give Christ your worship and control of every area of your life. Hey, tonight we'll be launching new cafe groups. So if you are not a part of one, we'd love to have you on Wednesday night, six o'clock, small groups for our church family. We have ministry for our kids and youth and college students and adults. We'd love to help you know about the group that's right for you. Give us a call. We'll help you find your place. Church family, God bless you. Can't wait to see you tonight. Can't wait to see you on Sunday.